Hey everyone, welcome to the first ever Sooner Catholics podcast. This is hosted by Alex Sanchez, that is me, the campus minister at OU, and I have with me my two brothers, Trevor Barreca and Matt Schmerber, the missionaries at OU. How are you guys doing? Doing well today, Alex. Thanks for having us. We're, we're great. We're excited to be here, baby. Just uh, We're still figuring out our order, you know, the one, two, three kind of thing, but hey, I, I defer to leadership, so I, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, well, well, guys, thank you for, for joining me today. I'm excited to not only record this podcast with you, but but really just catch up with you and hear how you guys have been doing. Uh, why don't we start off with kind of a, just a recap personally of how this quarantine time has been. Love to hear maybe one point of struggle that each of you guys have had and also one point of success or something that has helped you get through this time. Matt, would you want to kick us off? Sure. I'll kind of start with uh, some of the things that have been actually going quite well. Whenever we, we learned about the coronavirus outbreak, right during spring break, right before spring break was about to happen on campus, the students were not going to be allowed to come back for the rest of the semester. And so myself and my team, we kind of set out to start developing a schedule of life and an order of life that was going to help us to flourish in mission while we were away from campus. And so I think what went well right out the gate was just trying to determine um, my priorities and the priorities for um, the team of missionaries and also for the students that we were servicing on how to, to live integrated lives and just how to, to keep our, our spiritual life continuing, even in the midst of being separated, being isolated in our homes, being um, away from our typical community. That was something that was um, I knew was going to become a struggle for each one of us. And so right out the gate, just hit it very hard to want to create that order of life for everyone. And so we started to give different tips and tricks. Um, I think for myself in particular, it was continuing the schedule, um, of just waking up in the morning, continuing to pray. And so we encouraged our team to actually start a community, uh, an online community where we were able to sign into GroupMe and just update each other. And at first we were talking about how we were worried it was going to become an accountability measure where everybody kind of rebelled against it and said, oh, they're just checking in to see if we're praying on a daily basis. But I think for myself, it became actually a form of encouragement. It let me know that there were students and uh, other missionaries across the entire country who were chiming in to pray with me consistently every single day. And this community was still present. So I think that that's actually brought a lot of life to me um, during this time. That's awesome. On the flip side of things with uh, like you were mentioning, the struggle, I think it's been continuing to live an orderly life the same way, but maybe with some of my own personal desires. So um, for those who I'm particularly close with, you know that one of the biggest things that hurt me was whenever I was no longer able to go to the gym and and lift weights and and things like that. I think that I I took that pretty difficult. My wife, Kyle, she uh, got the brunt end of everything. And so we had one or two conversations um, whenever I received the message that Crunch Fitness was going to close down. Um, I kind of threw a, a self-pity party and I got over it about a week later and decided to kind of adjust my schedule. And so that, that's been kind of a, a work in progress. But I think that was one of the struggles that I took particularly hard. And it kind of showed me during the season of Lent, maybe some of those unhealthy attachments that I still had. So Solid. I was able to offer up. So. I love it. Love it. No, thanks. Thanks yeah. for sharing. Trevor, what about you, man? <clears throat> I was just like picturing when you were saying the temper tantrum part, I was like picturing you 
just like getting more swole during that week because you're just like throwing stuff around your house. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just getting extra just deadlifting, Kyle. Provided, provided it's all always like good. And not yeah, around, like, yeah. <laughs> like he, he hates it right out of a nap. Like just right out of a nap. <laughs> He's in the middle of his sleep. Boom, overhead press. You're like, this is a life lesson. Like, easy, son. Oh man, I would say I'll start with the bad or not the bad, but the difficult and go to the the good. I say what's been difficult is just I'm a very extroverted person. I love being around people. I love like doing stuff with people. And <clears throat> I think one thing that's been particularly hard, I'm not going to like say it hasn't been hard for girls at all. I can only speak to my experience, but and the experience of a lot of the guys I'm talking to. So this could be very true for women as well. But I think just not being able to do things, right? Like you're used to having a conversation with a guy while you're playing a sport or while you're on a walk or while you're doing these sorts of things. Normally there's, there's two parts. There's the, there's a conversation and the action. And I think right now you only have the conversation because there's not much action you can do outside of just, you know, downloading Minecraft again and starting <laughs> a server, which I've heard of way too That's many funny. people are doing that. Um, no disrespect <laughs> against Minecraft, but I just don't want to do that the same amount of hours or the same amount of time that I might play basketball or cook or do stuff like that with guys. So that's been really hard, honestly, not being able to go out and play sport, like regular sports besides just my at-home workouts. Really, really miss it. Um, I would say what's been really good or some like personal things is I, I kind of like Matt established a rule of order, rule of life for this time. <clears throat> Matt actually inspired me. I'm, I'm waking up earlier than I was before because of his kind of just sharing what he was doing with me. Um, and he's like, yeah, I'm running around less. So I have more energy. And so I'm waking up earlier. And I was like, that's true for me too. So I've been waking up earlier, reading a lot, and it's been really awesome just to be cranking through books and learning and forming myself a lot. And I think one thing in particular, because of this desire to grow right now in my formation, I'm not just reading for the sake of reading, but I'm reading and then like journaling with the things I'm reading with in order to better form myself. And right, so like with quarantine, there's all these deficits, these things that we don't get to do. But then there's also now a whole lot of time to do all the things that everyone always says, oh, I would totally do that if I had X amount of more time. Well, guess what? Everyone has more time. And so that has been kind of a, a emphasis point for me. Plus, one last thing was that just getting to spend a ton of time with Kenzie. So, um, As a positive, yeah, right? It's been I'm super, super. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to clarify. Yeah. No, that has definitely been a positive because... You know, we just got married in late February. We come back from our honeymoon. It's, our, it's March. And by basically, we came back within a week or two of the quarantine really starting. So we've just spent a ton of time together, which has been great to start our marriage that way. Um, it's been a huge That's awesome. gift. So. That's Praise good. Jesus, baby. Yeah, to your point about people kind of picking up new hobbies, I talked to someone the other day that started origami. And so this, this time of discovering our, our new hobbies and skills knows, knows no bounds. Um, I think from, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. They said that they made way too many cranes, like I think like a hundred, 200 cranes. Uh, (laughs) So for me, uh, yeah, it's kind of like the both sides of the coin. The most difficult thing has been being quarantined with, with our three kids. We have a three and a half year old, one and a half year old and a three month old. And just with, with no place to go, some of the days even being too cold for them to go outside, it's just under the same roof 24 seven. And it's just, it kind of gets it kind of gets crazy at times, and at the same time, with not a lot to do, 
really know where to go. It's a lot of really good quality family time. The struggle I'm having is, you know, doing work and homework and quality family time and quality time with my wife and time to myself and time to pray and time to exercise. Uh, and so even though I have all the time, uh, I can't get like that complete separation where it's like, okay, this is dad's prayer time. This is dad's workout time because there's kids that come into the room, right? And then there's, there's kind of the experience where I'm like, hey, okay, Oliver, right after this, right after I get done with this assignment, we'll play. Right when daddy gets done praying, um, we're going to go outside. And so then I end up putting them on hold or putting my prayer on hold. Kind of some days it seems like a like a lose lose for me. And so I think learning how to like better incorporate or Matt, like you were saying earlier, how to better integrate some of these some of these components so that yeah, it doesn't feel like a lose lose uh, is kind of where like when I'm having a really good day, I'm doing that really well. And and know I know what's most important. I know that I can put my workout at you know eleven p.m. when everyone's in bed, um, or I can take you know. 20 minutes to do, um, a, uh, you know, like time for time for prayer at, at a, like either right then or like at later in the day. Um, and sometimes if I'm talking on the phone with a friend and, and Oliver comes up to me and sometimes I need to tell my friend like, Hey, actually I'll, let me call you back instead of saying, Hey to Oliver, Hey, I'm going to finish this conversation and then I'll play with you or whatever. So this is kind of, yeah, it's just, it's been good. It's been challenging for me, but it's been, it's been an opportunity for me to embrace like my vocation, but also the ways that I want to be a good friend to people and, also want to be diligent in my work and responsibilities. So yeah. And Hillary's a freaking trooper. And so we're just trying to get after it. Uh, but this point of, of integration, which some of us have been talking about, I really want this to be the topic for today. Integration. How do we live an integrated life? And I think we're seeing it more now than ever that we, we have this spiritual component at the forefront of our life, but we're also yeah relational beings with families and with friends we're also emotional beings, and so some days we're on an emotional roller coaster with what's happening in the world or even in our own household. And we're also, yeah, social beings. So how are we doing needing these relationships but also being apart and isolated from people? So we'd love to hear um, even just some, some tidbits of, of methods or things that we, we should be keeping in mind this time, during this time, so that we can live integrated lives and so that we can encourage our, our students to do the same. How does that sound to you guys? Great. Perfect. That sounds like fire. fire. Um, so here's here's the thing on on integration is is we we believe that in pursuing holiness that it is God who makes us whole, and so it, being integrated, being a whole person, being a fully alive person, these are all the same concepts. But this is really the end for which we were created. And I think quarantine is is a difficult time because there's a tendency or an opportunity even to do the same thing nonstop all day long. And there's really nothing keeping us from binging anything, right? Man, you're saying it could be working out. It could be uh, video games, certainly, or, or TV or social media, all of these things. So what are, what are ways that you guys are finding um, helpful in, in moderating the things that are good and pleasurable? I think that you're spot on. I think that the time right now just allows for us to enter into those binge behaviors where it's just we kind of go down to the lowest common denominator of whatever's easiest to do at the time with the time that we've been given. And so um, I, I think that there's not a big separation, however, between life orderliness before the quarantine and life orderliness, life orderliness right now. So for example, right, there's a couple of fundamental premises about our beings that are the same. Number one, 
we were created beings. You just mentioned that, right, Alex? And so we're created by God. That means that our entire being is rightly ordered whenever we live out of that relationship with him that we were originally intended for. And so whenever we take a look at that, that means that we're, we actually aren't able to create our own stories because we are created. And so there's not a lot of weight upon or burden of responsibility upon our shoulders to, to think that we have to self-create or self-make up the game that we're, that we're trying to play and to, to live well. We merely have to discover the plan that God already has for us and for our creation. And so if we go along that same line, that same train of thought, the second premise would be that through our baptism, we are all called to become saints. And so, you know, in our baptism, we were, we're baptized and we're brought into the universal call to holiness. That's the universal call to sainthood. Every single baptized Christian, every Catholic, we're all called to be saints. And so whenever we address life orderliness, it's that same kind of thought where everything that we do is filtered through this premise of, is this drawing me closer to God? Is this making me closer to becoming a saint? If every single action is oriented through this filter, then it makes making those actions and those choices merely a moment of integrity, right? So we can either choose to do the good or we choose against the good. It's no longer, should I do this thing or not? We actually know what the good thing is, and we choose against it, or we choose to go with it. And then lastly, during this time, in Redemptoris Missio, St. John Paul II, he also talks about this universal call to mission. And so even our mission, and this goes along with vocation as well for the three of us on this podcast and in our vocation, we were all created for this universal call to holiness, but also this universal call to mission. And so it's how we actually play out our life with God and with others. And so we are called to sanctity, but we're also called to draw other people into relationship with God and call them into that sanctity as well, that they were made for and the intended purpose of their life. So with these fundamental premises kind of outlined, creating this filter for us to be able to think and to actually use our brains and to stimulate this God-given ability to be able to discern what is actually good for me and what is actually right and orderly in my life, we can start to order how to use our time and and to better uses and and put it to better use. Totally. So say, for example, yeah, I mean, just what you were talking about, a brief example, like talking about getting a workout in, right? Workouts, they're good in and of themselves. They are a good thing Um, to the extent that we use it that is what makes it actually good or bad, right? How we use it. It's the love of the workout, right? Or the the use of the workout. Or um, watching a movie, right? A good quality movie with your family versus I'm going to sit down and I'm going to stream my favorite TV show for 10 hours straight, right? It's the use of these objects and, and that's what we have to be concerned with. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think a big thing too, Right, so Matt's kind of laying like a like a like a, a vision or a paradigm from which to view the world. Right, he's saying you, you view the world as this: we are created beings, and thus we are like have certain things that are inherently good for us or not good for us. Things that are better ordered towards our flourishing and not so. And so within that, like to Matt's point, that hasn't changed right. since you went into quarantine. Like the, the situation that you have been dealt has changed. But the person that you are and the person that you are oriented to be is exactly the same as it Mm -hmm. was before. 
And so I think the, the challenge of this time <clears throat> is trying to figure out how do I still pursue these goods for which I was made. I think of the, the first paragraph of the catechism, right? It says that at every time and every place, God draws close to man. And that includes this time. That is not just, you know, exclusive to the times before this, but God's goodness and his like call to, to experience him in our life has not changed. Um, and so I think to Matt's point, right, we're viewing this time and saying like, what are these goods for which I was created and kind of like going through, I think this just takes an honest self-evaluation and it takes an honest looking at models of good living, um, that we can look to, to kind of start to form an order. Now, I do think one thing about this time that is unique is that some of the goods to which we might have pursued in different amounts of time before, I could see like changing the, the quantities of time a little bit, right? So maybe before you would have spent an hour and a half in the gym because you were hoping to like, you know, build a lot, a large muscle mass. But now due to not having that capability, maybe you're doing 30 minute or 45 minute workouts, doing a different type of workout, which gives you that time to a lot elsewhere. Um, in the same way, right, like I'm still getting a lot of time with guys like on Bible studies or, you know, having one on one conversations. I might not be getting as much time just goofing around. You know, I'm trying to simulate that to some extent. But what I, I see that as is an opportunity for me during this kind of almost self-imposed uh, sabbatical or not self-imposed, but, uh, you know, sabbatical imposed by the world. I get this chance to go and study to, to learn and to form my mind, my, my intellectual formation with the, with the thoughts of the church so that whenever I come, we all come out of this, I actually can give a better gift of myself to people afterwards. Cause I, I've spent this time building up the gift of my life. So basically in summary of all those points, just a, your call for who you're made to be hasn't changed. Maybe just you figure out new ways to do that. And the new allocations of your time mm-hmm. to best fulfill that. Sure. And I, I think kind of what I'm gathering from both of you guys is that, yeah, the, the goal and the hope hasn't changed. The circumstance has. And I think really the circumstance seems like it has opportunity to be a time where, where we like languish, where we like really struggle in this isolation or with having so much free time that we can have added intentionality into everything that we're doing to really be sharpened during this time to return back to the world. Um, back into our communities, back into our friendships and family life, whatever might be as a, as a sharpened man or woman of faith. I think uh, one, one kind of childhood story this, this time reminds me of and kind of what you guys are, are talking about reminds me of is when I was growing up, I used to go to, to this, this friend's house that I had and, and the mom, she was Hispanic as my mom was and as, as I am. And so shout out Hispanics. Uh, but she would say, she would say <laughs> all the time, like every hour, hour and a half, cambio de actividad which meant change activity, cambio de actividad, change activity. She would just yell it. And so I'd be in the middle of, of playing video games and with, with her sons, and then she'd yell, cambio de actividad. I was like, what? No, I just, we've only been playing for an hour and a half. Come on. And so I'd drag my feet outside. We'd all play basketball. Um, then we'd be hooping for about an hour and a half. And then she'd come outside, cambio de actividad. I was like, no, I, I just learned how to dunk or whatever. You know, I just started playing. Like, we just, you know, it's only been an hour and a half. And again, then we'd go like play instruments or, or like, whatever and so we'd always change activity about every hour and a half and i thought it was so annoying because i was always getting into the flow into the rhythm and then what i found out when these kids grew up is they were extremely balanced kids they were um, super academic they were great students but they also would get like an hour of prayer in every day and they all knew how to play more than two instruments um they all knew more than two languages like they they were such balanced and well-rounded kids because their mom was holding them accountable 
two, constantly changing activities to not like abuse really any one thing. So that they grew to like love a lot of different areas of life. And uh, yeah, I realized that in my own parenting now with, with my three-year-old and one-year-old, I'm like, I'm doing the same thing. I'm coming in like, come be that, give me that. It's been, you know, an hour and a half of Thomas the Train on the TV. Let's do something else. Let's go make a puzzle. And after five minutes, I'm like, okay, can we like to be that? <laughs> I don't like that puzzle. Um, but, but I think the premise holds the same. Even for us in this quarantine time, maybe a practical method of, of discerning the good or, or even helping us uh, continually use, use goods well and then not over, overuse them could be this idea of cambio de actividad, making sure I'm not doing one thing for too long, no matter what it is. Yeah. Okay, I, I think that, yeah, just, just a quick thought on that exact topic. You know, the abuses of our culture. So thinking about what, what we were abusing or not changing of activity before we went into quarantine. And I think a lot of people are having such a tough time with the transition because before they're realizing, you know, they've woken up to this moment of, holy cow, for the first time, I'm able to actually see my life and what's important to me. And it, it, it's making me incredibly sad or it's making me incredibly scared. So what I used to do, for example, right, um, we're just working on college campuses. This is a great example of just working with students. And, and it's not even anything that they're responsible in and of themselves for, but the pressures of professors, the pressures of parents, the pressure of having to compete with the job market, um, telling us constantly, if you're not working, then you're getting behind, right? If you're not earning mm-hmm. the top grade or the top mark, you, you are behind the curve. Mm-hmm. And so what is this result? And it results in all of our students on college campuses killing themselves, literally running themselves into the dirt. And, you know, I've talked to many, many students at the University of Oklahoma, but as well as other campuses I've been a missionary at, at Auburn um, and North Texas before that, and the students just running themselves into the ground, really, and waking up one day, you know, usually their senior year, about halfway through, usually their second semester senior year, and they wake up and they realize, oh my gosh, like, I squandered so many relationships. I didn't devote near enough time to developing my family relational relationships. My I didn't date anyone, so, so maybe they lost a potential vocation out of it. We're experiencing that end-of-life crisis that everyone talks about, where they're like, on your deathbed, will you have wished that you worked more or that you would have experienced love more, loved others and had others love you? And we're experiencing that at a younger and younger and younger age in our culture because everyone is working themselves to death, even at 20 years old, right? And so they're working themselves so so difficult, right? And it's just they work so difficult and they work so hard at what they're doing. And then they have to binge because they don't know how to rest appropriately or to change activities like what you're talking about, Alex. And so they go and instead of resting in something good, like what you said, right? Let's go pick up a basketball. Let's go play a musical instrument. Or Trevor, you were referencing, let's go pick up a book, just something fun to read and to enjoy or to enter into relationship with, with my community, with my friends, a culture that turns to screens, our cell phones, um, our televisions, whatever's easy and accessible because we're so burnt out that we actually can't invest energy into things that matter, into things that are also important to us. And so I think the quarantine has forced us to open our eyes and start realizing what is actually important to us. I think a lot of people are scared. They're very, very scared of that because they're realizing how much time they've actually wasted, 
how much relationship they've actually squandered. Um, and so there's two reactions to that. There's one, which is, okay, I need to change my ways. I need to actually um, start to outline what's important and to actually align my life and my schedule accordingly. Or the other one is to continue to run and to continue to hide and continue to isolate right. and to go even deeper into that, those self-inflicting wounds, right? The self-inflicted punishment of, of this binge mentality, this binge culture of um, continuing just to, to numb the pain and the suffering that we're experiencing. And so, um, yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I heard once that, that sin was, was an appropriate punishment in and of itself. And so they're just realizing the, the effects that, yeah, that, that like abusing screens and running away from like examining ourselves and, and our daily life and our hearts and minds, like just the repercussions that has in a, in and of itself is, is so, so hurtful that, like there, there need not be additional like punishment or consequence. So yeah, I really, I agree and resonate with that. Well, to wrap up, I'd love to hear just one thing that you guys would, would recommend or, or want students to hear. What's, what's the one thing you guys want students to hear and to walk away with? And I'll kick us off. I think on, on Good Friday, I had a really, I think a really good reflection that, that resonated a lot with me. It's this idea of, of who takes Jesus' life, right? Is it Judas? Is it Pilate? Is it Herod? Is it the Roman guards? And at every moment of the passion, Jesus is at someone's hands. And so the question of like, who takes Jesus' life ultimately? And the answer coming from the gospel of John chapter 10, when Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd and the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. No one takes my life from me and I lay it down of my own accord. And that has just been resonating so much with me every single day. Like no matter what the demands or responsibilities or the circumstances or the struggles or the fears or whatever it is that I have or that I'm going through, that no one can take my life from me because Jesus is, is inviting me to imitate him, to follow, to follow him in that and will give me the grace to, to do it. So even if it looks like our lives are being taken from us, even if, even if a student feels like by living with their parents or the parents getting frustrated at them or falling behind in school or whatever it might be, like the, the reality is that no one can take their life from them, but Jesus gives them the grace and the freedom to lay down their life of their own accord. And so for me, that's been my daily bread, and I'd like for them to hear that. What about you, Matt? I think that along your lines of just no one takes my life from me, something that I learned and I just picked up, um, a concept that was passed down to me is just comparing ourselves to who we were yesterday. It's, in, it's incredibly powerful psychologically, spiritually, emotionally, even relationally, and just during this time of quarantine, realizing that if we compare ourselves to who we wanted to be or, or to this future self, that we're always going to let ourselves down. And, and it can be incredibly discouraging. It can be incredibly mm. anx anxiety provoking even to, to say like, no, I, I just lost this internship because the employer is no longer offering it because the program dissipated. It just, you know, poof, it's gone mm -hmm. because of the quarantine. Or, you know, this future job that I had lined up and now the contract, you know, they've come back to me and they've canceled that contract or mm. whatever it is, right? And so these, this discouragement, this anxiety-producing um, time that we're living in, something that can be incredibly powerful is comparing ourselves to who we were yesterday and to ask mm -hmm. ourselves on a daily basis or even, you know, more regularly than that. Am I making choices to, to push me in the right direction? 
And if we compare ourselves mm -hmm. to those choices that we've previously made, even as near as yesterday, to make the small changes, they don't have to be these monumental life-changing decisions and choices that, that change the entire trajectory of our life. It's going to be the addition of these small habits that we develop over time. This is a great time to commit to small constructive habit building, small micro changes that are going to potentially change the trajectory of our entire life. And so I think one thing that I would leave with and something that I've been practicing, Trevor mentioned it earlier, is just um, I'm waking up a little bit early, yes, and that time isn't so that I, I can use it selfishly or, or to rest additionally away from my wife or from my son. It's actually, I, I use that time as in the morning early before anyone's awake or before I have any responsibility to put into my personal formation bucket, right? Um, a, a little two-hour deposit. And so it's time for me to read. It's time for me to write. It's time for me to exercise. It's time for me to grow as an individual. And so I think that one thing I would just leave with um, anybody listening to this is just to use those micro changes and, and just to identify one small area of change that they actually know would make a positive choice in their life. There's a million things that we could do. What is the one thing you actually would do? What's the one thing you actually should make a change of? And, and committing to one small thing and, and to working well and making these small changes throughout our life, I think it's a great time here in quarantine to actually be able to devote time and energy toward making these small changes. Finish the quarantine on an upward trajectory. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. That's awesome. Trevor, yeah. what would be your what would be your one thing that you'd want students to hear? I mean, well, I just wanted to reemphasize that both I think both of you like I agree hundred percent with those things. Uh doing like yeah, changing the one thing. Looking at the fact that this is like the world might have afforded you this situation, but you have control over how you respond to it. Um and it's even something I've had so many conversations in the past week with people like Matt, just emphasizing what you're saying, that it is the little habits that we form that, that kind of like set the trajectory for who we're becoming. It's not like, some, you know, these great heroic battle that happens every day. It's like the, the, the heroic battle is getting up to your first alarm or, you know, intentionally putting away Instagram for maybe a certain section of your day, as opposed to getting on it every time you go to the bathroom and every time your parents bore you with their conversation mm. and all those things, you know, the one thing I would say is just believe that your life matters. And what I mean by that is like, believe that like, regardless of where you're at right now, that you actually like are choosing to be the type of person that you're going to be for your future. And that what you're doing right now matters. You, you choosing to, you know, do the good, choose to, to strive for this virtue and form this ordered life is going to prepare you for a future to which like you may not know, but God's calling you and you choosing to ignore that and, and kind of settle for a less than life matters. Because if you believe that like the Lord desires to use you to change the lives of many and he desires intimacy with him for you, then you will be willing to make those little changes. But if you think that, you know, you're just another person and like, you know, your life's kind of boring and like, you know, there's no real help that you can be in the lives of those around you. I just challenge you to start to look at the examples of saints and others during this time and start to like believe more that, that God has a great plan and a destiny for your life that could change the world. That would be my big thing. Just, just pray with that idea that your life matters and, and that will lead you to do, I think the sorts of things that, yeah, to take this conscious choice to make your life your own and, and to, 
um, to live out to what we were created for. Whenever you believe that living that out will form you to be the saint. Of the That's awesome. Um, That's awesome. So yeah. for everyone to realize that you do have the choice, that your life's not taken from you, you can lay it down of your own accord, that your life matters and the decisions you're making right now matter to who you will become, and that those changes are made in small ways and small habit building each day. And especially I like the point about comparing yourself to your past self and to no one else during this time or to your future self. Awesome. Matt, Trevor, thank you guys so much for joining me today and being on the podcast. I'm excited to do this podcast together for the foreseeable future. I love you both very much, and I will talk to you soon. Thanks, Alex. I love you too, big dog. Ciao. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the first ever Sooner Catholics podcast. Trevor, is something wrong with that? <laughs> no, no, nothing wrong. We're just, oh, uh, no. I'm just overwhelmingly confident in your, in your right, nah, vast experience. This is, that, uh, I've had about 15 minutes and 53 seconds of podcast experience. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Are we ready? Yeah, don't lean, don't lean in, remember? <laughs> Are you ready? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I was only laughing just because, like, it was like, all right, all right everyone ready? Are we, y'all ready? Y'all ready? And it was like, I could. It's gonna be hard. It's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough. These focus, focus. Okay. Coronavirus outbreak took place, and we started to learn that <laughs> there would, um, we wouldn't be allowed to get, get back to campus. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, what are we doing now? That's all right. Okay. Should we start over? No, 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 no. It's you can edit that all out. All right, Matt. Why, why don't, cool. Matt, why, yeah. why don't you kick or, us off? Look. Yeah.